everything else out. I love you, Jesus. And I praise your great and mighty and holy name, your beautiful presence that's in this place. How much we need you, Lord. How much we need you every minute, every hour of every day. I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, holy God. Thank you, Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. If you have a Bible, I'd like to turn your attention to the book of James. This is just before Revelation. If you're not real familiar with your Bible, if you'll go to Revelation and work your way back just a little bit, a couple of pages, you will come to the book of James. James has five chapters, and it's the fifth chapter that I'm turning to this evening. James chapter 5. In this James chapter 5, I would like to particularly turn your attention to verse 7, James 5 and 7. It said, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, or look, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. I want to work for just a little while tonight on not allowing anything to get in your way. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Life can be very much like an obstacle course, and it's could seem to us, like one man said, uh, 38 times he missed getting what he needed that God had provided. God made it. God put it. It was there, divine provision for what he had need of. And yet, he missed it every time until Jesus came walking into his life one day and asked him, are you going to get this taken care of? You going to take care of this business? 
then, of course, the excuses were ready at hand. Well, you know, every time that I would get to what's been provided, uh, something steps in my way, somebody gets in my way, this gets in my way, that gets in my way. And he had all of that rationalization and all of those excuses uh, all ready to hand. He could just spit them right out. Didn't have to give much forethought about it. Well, Jesus put him right on the spot, and you know Jesus will do that with you too. He'll take away all your excuses. He will take away all of the things that you feel like help you to wiggle out of the responsibility that is in front of you. He has a way of moving that out of the way. You know. And I want you to understand that the Lord is really interested in you living for him and in you making it to heaven. He wants you to spend all of eternity. Now, here's one guy. He comes in the middle of the desert of all places now. He's got his Bible open, and he's scratching his head, and he's wondering who the prophet in the Bible is talking about. Is he talking about himself, or is he talking about another? And he's confused, and he's riding along. Suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, is the preacher. And the preacher says to him, uh, understandest what thou readest? And, of course, quick to hand, he said, well, how can I accept some man would guide me? Kind of like, here I am. Here I am. We'll take that excuse out of your hands. You know, if you don't understand the Word of God, we're here to help you. We're right here. We have free Bible studies. We are free everything. <laughs> we're not, we, I've been on radio, I've been on television, and I've certainly been in people's homes, and, and I've never charged a nickel for anything. I don't get on the radio and say, send me a portion of your tithe. I don't do that. You heard about that guy that said, if you'd send me your tithing, I'll send you a blessed hopping frog. And wherever he hops, that's where he blesses. You know, there's all kinds of gimmicks out there, and there's all kinds of nonsense, but there's also the truth out there. And I know on that day when you have a few dollars in your wallet or your pocket, I know if you find one of them to be counterfeit, that you don't throw all the money in your pocket away. You just get rid of the counterfeit. Don't you? You wouldn't take all the money, throw all the money away. You wouldn't do that. Well, just remember, just because there's fakes and phonies and false prophets and false teachers doesn't mean that you throw everything away because there is some genuine. There is some real. And the Lord wants to take away your excuse. He wants to take away whatever it is that is in your way, whatever it is that's blocking you the path here, and keeping you from getting what he has for you. And I want you to know the Lord has something for you. Matter of fact, he has just what you need. Okay? He's not going to give me what you need. He's going to give me what I need. And he's not going to give you what I need. He's going to give you what you need. If I have a, and I think I do, around a size 10 and a half or 11 foot. I think it shrunk. I think it used to be a, a 11 and a half or something. must have shrunk. My brain is shrinking and my feet are shrinking. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever the game, my weight's not shrinking, though. How come? <laughs> but anyway, 
Uh, my point is, is that when I go to get a pair of shoes, I go and get my size. You know, and they got the little thing, and they measure your foot again, and, and you know, you try it on just in case. They were uh, Italian shoes, maybe, and they made them in Italy, and I don't know what it is about Italy. Maybe they're just cheap, but they like to really make them tight. They don't, they don't like to give you anything extra there, you know, and it's the same thing with certain kind of suits. Some of them are cut very narrow, and, and, you, and you usually wore that size, and, and now you don't wear that size. Some of you ladies need to watch out because I think you're still trying to wear a size six, and I, I don't think so. You know, I think maybe you might want to get, you know, the right size, you know, okay? Because um, after all, you might wind up a little short in some places. And that's not good. Everybody said amen? All right. So the Lord, I'm trying to tell you, has for each of us individually what we need. He has the kind of wisdom that fits your problem. He's not going to talk to you about something that you don't have. He's going to talk to you right down where you live. That's why sometimes people come to the house of God and the Holy Ghost begins to deal. And people, I've had them say it to me, say, man, you, you're reading my mail. Have you been reading my mail? Are you a mind reader? No, no. We have the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is here. His spirit is here, his power. And he saw this service before the foundation of the world. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Okay. Now, the scientists will argue about that, and they can argue all they want. All I know is that God is in the beginning, and God will be at the end, and he's got his hand through the whole thing from A to Z, Alpha and Omega, beginning and ending. He's got it all lined out, all right? And I'm telling you that he knows you as an individual. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. There's nothing covered, nothing hidden. He knows about it. And he wants to help you as an individual. He wants to minister in a service. He knows how to minister to everybody. He knows how to deal with us individually. He knows how to deal with us collectively as a group. He knows how to do that. He's a great God. But you have got to determine that you're not going to let anything get in the way. That you're on a path here. You've got a goal. There's a place called heaven. You're on a straight and a narrow path here. And you are, it is likened to running a race. And we've started out on this race. Just the fact that you're in service tonight puts you at the beginning of the race. You can get in this race. And you know what's good? It's so flexible. You can get in anytime. Anytime. Anytime is the right time with Jesus Christ. All right? He's not going to tell you, oh, no, I'm sorry, the, the door's closed today. Sorry, we can't do that. One woman came to church this morning, and she wanted to get her, her child baptized, and she went to some church, and they told her that, no, she couldn't get the, the baby baptized because, well, first of all, you shouldn't be baptizing the baby. But anyway, that's what she wanted to do, and where she went, they do that. And, and they said, no, 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 we can't, we can't baptize your baby because you can't prove that who the, the dad is. Of that baby. And I'm like, what in the world has that got to do? What has that got to do? We've got a precious little life here. We've got a little baby. We've got somebody that needs the truth someday. We've got to start raising that child up right now. We've got to go to work right now. We've got to start. You know, when, when we got this land out here, all this land out here where the new building is was an old cow pasture. And there was every kind of junk in that pasture. I mean, old parts from 
vehicles and pickup trucks and tractors and you name it, it was out there. I remember having, we, got, we were blessed to get an old, big old truck and we went down there with a bunch of young people and, and we loaded up that truck, load after load after load, going down to the dump. It took many a load to clear out that field over there. Well, there were things, in other words, that were in the way. And I'm telling you that we all have things that are in the way. And we've got to clear out our heart. We've got to start getting that junk out of there. When however many trips it takes, however many trips to the altar, how many prayer meetings it takes, how many lifting up of your hands, how much reading of your Bible, how many songs you're going to sing, you've got to get this stuff out of the way. Got to do it. Have to be determined. Be determined that I'm not going to let anything get in the way here. One writer said, "Wasn't you can be seated? Wasn't going to let anything separate from the love of God." And I'm telling you, the enemy is going to throw in everything he can. He's going to throw in a lot of things. He's going to throw in all kinds of things to tie up your mind, to get your your heart overloaded. Isn't the Bible say about? That teach about surfeiting or the excessiveness that people would get so filled with an excess of things and they, they'd be so loaded down, be so much in their mind, they couldn't even concentrate in the service. They couldn't even barely get their hands up to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because they're so on their mind. And the enemy uses that. And he wants to throw one thing after another in your path. And every time you try to take a step forward, he'll throw something in the way. Every time you try to get your mind on the Lord, he'll throw something in the way. Every time you want to go out the door to go to church, he's going to try to throw something in the way. You'd be surprised what can go wrong when you get ready to go to a church service. You know, the tire can go flat, all right, or the battery can go dead, or uh, something on the stove can explode. Who knows? There's any kind of number of things that can take place that the enemy absolutely, the, the phone can ring. Things can happen. And why now? Why now? Because you're going to the one place where you can get the help that you need and the devil does not want that. Doesn't want that. He doesn't want that. You gotta, how did the apostle Paul said that he was determined. He was determined not to know anything. Now, that's, that's a good determination. Now I'm going to turn off some things. I'm going to turn off some things. I'm not going to know anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm going to narrow my focus down. You know, when you go to college, eventually, probably at least after the first two years, they're going to want you to declare a major. They're going to want you to go on and get a degree in accounting or uh, a degree in English or whatever, but they're going to want you to declare a major, okay? They're going to want you to do that. They're going to want you to narrow down that it's not just going to be general anymore, that you're going to have to get very specific about this thing, okay? Well, I'm trying to tell you, we have to put our finger on things here. We've got to get right down to what is it, what did one man say, what doth hinder? That guy out, out in, the, in the desert again? And he, and he, what, what must, you know, how do I do this? Who's he talking about? I got questions here. And the preacher is there to answer the questions. And finally, he's been taught about baptism in the, in, in the water. And he, he says, um, hey, here's water. What doth hinder? What doth hinder indeed? What exactly is holding you back on whatever it is that the next step that you need to take in God? 
what's holding you back? What, what excuse is it? What hindrance is it? What, what's been, what roadblock has been put out in your way? You've got, is it a person? Then you've got to get that person out of your head. You hear me? You've got to move that out of the way. Is it something that's going to uh, tie up my mind and get my attention all the time? Then you've got to get that out. Is it something that's constantly putting a picture in my mind? Somebody asked me the other day, said they didn't, they didn't understand uh, about uh, viewing some things. What could be wrong with that? And I said, as opposed to, to maybe reading a book about it. And I said, well, because what you see greatly affects you a whole lot more than what you read. And, you know, your mind is, is, is like a, a, uh, a screen. And light is coming in there. And pictures are going projected right up into your mind through the portal of your eye. And that's what really affects us. That's what really gets us motivated here. And you start putting in the wrong things. You start taking in the wrong things. And you're going to create things in your life, in your heart, that are going to become hindrances to you and keep you from living for God and being effective for God and doing what needs to be done, focusing, narrowing your focus. I'm not just going to be some general thing here. I'm going to specifically do some things for God. I'm going to accomplish the service of God here. I'm not going to let something derail me. Amen. Amen. I remember... Uh, my pastor telling me, now he grew up as a young man, they grew up in the farming community, like this, but more so, because we actually are kind of developed around here, believe it or not. You may not think so, but you have only to go to the country to find that out, where it's just vast stretches, just vast stretches of land, of farming land. And when the big day was Saturday to go to town, and there was only a few things that they needed in town. Maybe a little sugar. Oh, we've sure got that around here, don't we? And, uh, and maybe some flour. It was just a few little things. Most everything else, the people raised on their own farms. And he said, so it was a big day to go to town. You know, that was a great day. But he told me, he said, he said you know, I'd go way down into the woods or the farming land, somewhere private and secluded. And he said, and I would go and pray. And he said, one day I had this big log that had fallen over. It was, uh, of course, had been a big tree at one time falling over and this big log is laying there and he said he, he went over to begin to pray, get down on his knees to pray and he saw a snake and there was a hole in that, in that big log and he said, uh, he said well, he said first things first so he grabbed him a, a limb just the right limberness to it and he took it and he popped it down that hole and kept moving it until that snake got flushed out of there and then he killed that snake and he said well now we can pray you know sometimes there's some things in your way that you need to deal with first. Now, the writer said there's something precious here in God's eyes. And you know what that is? That's you. You're what's precious because he said it's the precious fruit of the earth and that God has long patience for it. Why is God being so patient? He's trying to get you ready for that first resurrection. He's trying to get you ready to go. He's trying to get things corrected here trying to get your business straightened out, trying to get things worked out. He wants things to be done, again, decently and in order. And so you've got to take care of first things first. You've got to recognize. We've often said that 
you got to keep the main thing the main thing. But first of all, you got to know what the main thing is. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ and his church is the main thing. Living for him is the main thing. And everybody said amen. You've got to get a lot of other things out of your heart. You've got to decide, I don't need this. Man, I, I got so thrilled the other day, and I didn't say nothing because I knew better than say anything. I didn't want to mess up a good thing, right? <laughs> but my wife decided to um, go through her closet. Now, that's a major undertaking, let me tell you. And um, I have a closet, too. It's about this big. My wife has a closet about that big. So I, I kept getting pushed, you know, to the side there. And, um, but I, I didn't care. It didn't bother me. As long as I had a suit hanging up, I could grab the church, right? So, but she got to going through old shoes and old purses and old this and old that. And, and of course, having lost weight, there was clothes that, that were too big. And, and so they weren't getting all piled up. Of course, that's all to your benefit because it's going to make its way to the boutique or the second blessing or the yard sale or something. So anyway, uh, that was a, a nice removal of clutter. Things that you really don't need around here anymore. And every once in a while, I'll get in that mood, and I'll, I'll point out something and say, you know, why do we have this here? Can't we just get rid of this? And, you know, God forbid it's something sentimental or something that one day, you know, it's a project. And uh, so, and, and, you know, and, and then, of course, there's fundraisers. You know, Don't mess with my fundraising stuff. You know, Easter's coming or Valentine's is coming or this is coming or that. So, okay, okay, okay. So, so I'm backing out gently, you know, all right, okay. And that's all good stuff. That's good. I'm glad about it. But I am saying that we can get a lot of clutter in our heart. We get a lot of things that have been hanging around for a long time. And we hadn't been sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. We haven't let him nudge us and deal with us and tell us that I've been dealing with you about that for a long time. And you need to, you need to remove that. You need to clean that out. You need to get rid of that. You don't need that in your life. I'm trying to get you ready here. I don't want you to have certain things in your heart, certain things in your life. You've been resisting me and resisting me. And God wants you and I to realize that he's made a provision. This guy, 38 years, and he kept missing what God had provided. After a while, you're like, duh. And I really think that's what happened when Jesus came his way that day. He's like knocking on it. Duh. Anybody home? 38 years. Hello. Will you be made whole? Can we get this right? Can we get this straightened out? Well, you know, but I mean, you know, this happened, that happened, the other happened. I'm quite sure the Lord was a little bored with that. And he, of course, took care of the situation. And he put him right on the spot. He said, today is the day. Today is the day. We're going to deal with this right now, right today. That's how you need to start feeling about repenting and being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how you have to begin to feel about prayer. What is it that I'm doing so important that I don't have time for prayer? I'm not talking about announced, church-centered, built prayer. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about Monday night or pre-service prayer. I'm talking about you praying. I'm talking about you puttering around the house and busy with this and busy with that and busy with the other. Reading that Bible, getting that chapter and verse in your heart. Somebody told me they were having trouble with, with dreams and, and, and feeling struggle. I said, but I, I got my Bible out and I started reading. I said, and it went away. I said, but I can feel it trying to come back. Well, you keep reading then. You keep reading then. You keep praying then. You keep worshiping then. You keep faithful to your attendance in church. And you know what you're doing? You're cleaning things out. 
You're getting rid of old things, bad things. And the enemy, he, he don't like that. He doesn't like that at all. So he tries to come back around like a buzzard. You know, I guess they're protected, those vultures, those buzzards. But I see them sometimes, and I'm saying, why is everybody protecting these dudes? We got more buzzards around this place hanging. I'm telling you, you go to USAVE, and they're all in the parking lot all over the place. And I'm like, what in the world? You know? After a while, it's like alligators. I said it forever, forever I guess. I said they ought to lift the moratorium on alligators and quit protecting the alligators start protecting us. <laughs> let's, let's give a, a few more licenses out. Let them go get rid of some of those alligators, you know. Well, I'm not on a stump. I'm just saying to me it's just common sense. After a while, we get a little overpopulation here of the wrong thing. And, you know, the enemy, he likes to reproduce and produce a lot of things in our lives that we don't need. Things that we need to realize is too much of that. And sometimes any amount of some things is no good at all, much less an overabundance of them. And you have, to, you have to take a hand in this. You ever read where the Apostle Paul and they were on that ship and went in that storm? And the Bible said that they begin to take things in their hands and cast it overboard. They were determined to get through that storm and get to a place of safety. And Paul, the preacher, had told him he'd already talked to God, and he said, and I believe God. And God said, if we'll stay with the ship, you stay with the church no matter what. You know, you don't throw yourself overboard. You throw something else overboard, okay? You, you know, so many people will fall out with, oh, that would be me, the preacher. They will fall out with the preacher because they want to keep something. They don't want to chuck it overboard. They want to keep it. They'd rather get overboard themselves and take with them what they got, what they want. Now think about going over the side, out of the church, into some little rinky-dinky situation in the middle of a storm. Now that doesn't make any sense at all. And do you know that we're living in a very stormy time? Do you know that the writer made it clear that these are perilous times? These aren't times to, to hold on to things that make us unstable and that mess with our balance. Somebody the other day said that they had, uh, I don't know if it was inner ear or the type of medication they were taking, but they said it was just making them so dizzy. There are things that mess with your equilibrium. There are things that want to get you out of kilter. Do you know in the Old Testament, they would take the enemy and they would cut off his thumbs and cut off his great toes. And they do that to take away his balance, to mess with his balance. Well, I'm telling you, the devil wants to mess with your spiritual balance. He'd like to put something in your life that absolutely puts you out of balance and gets you so spinning until you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's right any longer. And you lose a point of reference. Why oh, you want to stay with chapter and verse. You want to stay with the Word of God. I used to fly, and it didn't matter what kind of aerobatics you did. You always started and ended with straight and level flight. Okay? And I'm trying to tell you, there are ancient landmarks. There are points of reference. There are things that are right. They are right. And we don't need to mess with them. We need to realize in God's eyes, we are precious. And we need to not let anything get in the way here. Because he's waiting for that moment to come and take us. Everybody said amen. You can be seated.
Bible said he had long patience for it. For this precious fruit of the earth, he had long patience for it. He was uh, long-suffering. God really puts up with a lot just with me. I called um, my pastor's wife. She said, Feld spoke to her yesterday, and I got up today being Mother's Day, and I said, well, I'm going to call myself today. And I'm not going to let my wife have all the blessing on that one, even though I told her to be sure to call, but I, I wanted to personally. So I, I had to call three times, and I finally got a hold of her, and she said the first two times, she said every time I got the wheelchair over to the phone, she said the phone quit. <laughs> and I got her the third time. Third, third time was the charm. And uh, I told her, I said, I want to thank you again for you and Brother Dunn putting up with us. And uh, I said, I, I want you to know that what you passed on to us and taught us, we're trying to pass that on to teach others. And she said, well, that would really please him. And, and that in itself is a wonderful thing in my book. But I'm trying to tell you that, that there is a, a patience here that, we, that is being employed by God towards us. And he wants you and I to also let patience have her perfect work. We need to allow, in it, we're running a race that you have to run with patience, the book said. This is not a sprint. This is not some little short thing that's going to be over just at the pop of your finger. This is a long-distance race. You don't get into church one day and out the next day. You don't say, I'm all woo one day and the next day I'm all woo. You know, you get in this thing and you run this race and you get things out of the way. You start cleaning it out, clearing it out, moving it out because you're trying to make a clear path that you can build something that is good, build something that is useful, build something that strengthens and edifies. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Well, come on and give my big hand. told you to be patient unto the coming of the Lord. And I told you this morning, you'd be seated, we're closer to the coming of the Lord than anybody else has ever been. We're certainly living on the brink of it. And uh, we want to be very sensitive to the times in which we're living, where people, instead of throwing, instead of being discerning, you know, and throwing overboard things that are hindrances. And what did the Bible said? Lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us or surround us for you to get some discernment in your life. You know, like, you know, this, this is useless. Don't need this anymore. Oh, this. Now, for an example, First Peter chapter 3, he talked about Things that in the sight of God are of great price. They're precious things. They're valuable things to God. I don't want to throw anything overboard that God is saying, whoa, 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 You know, that's precious. Don't get rid of that. Don't lose that. You know, we don't, we don't want to make that mistake and take uh, an heirloom, an antique, something that has great value and just discard it because we don't know. You know, I had a man tell me this morning early, he said, you know, 50 years ago, I would have never have envisioned that clothes 
that are ripped and torn would make you cool and that you would have to pay hundreds of dollars to get them. He said, I never would have believed that. What is valuable in this world is not valuable to God's church world. You hear me? And what is valuable to God's church, the world looks down on it and sees it of little to no value, and they're just chucking it overboard. Hear me now. Things that the church has always taught and stood for. Things that as they came up in the way of inventions in this world, that the church saw that was bad, that was a hindrance, that's a roadblock, that's no good for the children, that's no good for anybody. We don't want to get involved with that. We don't want anything to do with that. We got, if we're going to pray, then we better get first things first out of the way. We better recognize that that's a hindrance. And all of a sudden, my home's not going to have prayer in it anymore. Oh, come on now. I'm talking to you. All of a sudden, it's not going to be too much clamor. It's going to be too much noise. It's going to be too many people saying too many things, introducing too many things into your children's lives. Woo! Come on now. And you're taking that, that you be see, you're taking that little old, that little old mind, that little old youngin. You know, come here, Destiny. Quit playing with your purse. Come hold my hand. You get that little old youngin. I've been knowing this little girl since she was born. Goodness gracious, you But you know what I'm saying. Now, why would you want to take that crystal clear, innocent, beautiful little child, baptize and fill with the Holy Ghost on top of that, and start putting a bunch of junk in there? Why would you want to introduce that child to a bunch of imagery that's going to tear it down and confuse it and begin to program it to do wrong things? And believe me, that's what they're doing. They're programming. They have every intention of subliminal, suggestive things to program, to get you and them to do what they want. I say we do what God wants us to do. And if it means doing without and chucking something overboard, then let's chuck it overboard. Let's say no to it. Let's make up our minds. Amen. want to, you know, people will say, well, you're so behind the times. Well, Paul said he wasn't a whit behind the chiefest. There were people that were critics. There were people that say his speech was a certain way and, and made other comments that were derogatory about the man that's known as the Apostle Paul and who was the Apostle Paul. There were people that criticized, of course, Jesus Christ and the Apostles. But that, that didn't make them wrong. That didn't make them bad. It just depends on how you're evaluating things, how you're putting a, a, a value and appraisal on things. If you look at the things of God and you suddenly wake up one day and you're Mr. Smart Alec and you decide that this is of no value, let's get rid of this, and you uproot and you move an ancient landmark a point of reference, you are going to throw yourself and many others into confusion. Most of you know or have read or heard at least the name J.F. Kennedy Jr. Well, 
John Kennedy Jr. got in a plane one day because they were all in a big hurry and dealing with a lot of traffic and time schedule and everything else and jumped in a plane that he wasn't rated in for very long, didn't have much experience in it, and took off with his wife and his sister-in-law and just feeling all full of so many things and so many things on the mind and flew that plane right down into the ocean where they perished. I'm going to tell you, you can get very confused. And you can, he lost his point of reference. He lost that horizon. The light had faded and the darkness came in. And many a veteran pilot had said that that's a very dangerous time to fly especially in a plane that you're unfamiliar with and don't have much experience in. I'm telling you the devil is going to try to make you feel like you're all that and you know so much and the preacher don't know what he's talking about and that's not necessary and this isn't necessary and I don't see what's wrong with that and you're going to find yourself where you don't need to be and you're going to perish and the writer said wake up here, wake up here don't get things in your life that are going to bring you to destruction Destruction. Don't do that. Because you're precious. You are precious. You are precious in the eyes of God. You can remain standing. You are precious. And the things of God are precious. These things need to be revered. They need to be held to tightly. And we need to, sometimes you just have to say, we don't do that, and we're not going to do that. We're not going in that direction. We're not letting go of this or letting go of that. We're not throwing this overboard or throwing that overboard. You know, sometimes, sometimes, might want to throw somebody overboard before we so throw anything of God's overboard. You hear me? Sometimes we have to let people go. Sometimes we have to suffer through amputation, and it hurts, and it's difficult. And it's emotionally distressing. But you know what? If you get that cancer moved out of there, then we can save the rest of the body, can't we? And that's what your Bible teaches. You know, if somebody starts to entertaining the wrong thing and putting value on the wrong things and pay, putting little attention and value where it should be placed, and that person's out of balance and they're negatively affecting and they're affecting everything in a bad way, and sometimes we have somebody wants the devil. You just got to let him go have the devil. You think the devil's so great? Go have him. <laughs> that the spirit of the whole congregation might be saved. We've got a big overall plan here. Got a big, big program here. And everybody said amen. And everybody said hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. I don't believe that you'd, you, you have a child. You'd let just anybody get a hold of that child. Come after that child. Try to destroy that child. You would, you would do something. You would defend. You know, in, in nature, and, and Paul did say, doth not nature itself teach you? Well, there's one thing that is greatly feared, and that is a mama bear and you trying to mess with her cubs. All of a sudden, mama bear is fearless. <laughs> it, don't, it, don't, it doesn't matter what's coming, what it looks, how big it is. Mama bear is going to fight. And she's going to protect. Well, you better know that God and his church 
And that which he's placed in the body of Christ is going to rise up in defense of the overall work of God. And when we spot a cancer, when we spot a spirit that is trying to invade and would like to just get in there, what the Bible say, leaven. You know, that's not the bread. <laughs> that's false doctrine, false things that want to get in there and get, it, get growing among the people like some kind of hothouse and let that kind of, somebody asked me the other day, they said they had some kind of mushroom. I said, I don't do fungus. <laughs> well, I'm saying to you, I sure don't want anything coming in here encroaching into the church. And you may not realize what it is. It's like a, it's like a specialist, you know. And you, if you need a root canal, friend, I suggest you go to an endontist, okay? You go to one of them guys at root, root, <laughs> root canals is what he does for a living. And I saw him take, I saw one one time, and he took the x-ray, and he went, all right? He said, there it is, right there. Sit down. wasn't me. But I was glad the person got sat down. They took care of that. But he knew what he was looking at when he saw it. I didn't know what it was. Could have showed me the x-ray in, in big proportions, and I still wouldn't have known what it is. That's not my field. Well, I'm trying to tell you, I know what my field is. And everybody said amen. And when it's wrong in the sight of God, it's wrong. When it's valuable in the sight of God, then it's valuable. And we want to hold tightly to the things that are of great value in the eyes of God because the judge is standing at the door. Don't even let grudge get in your heart. And don't get involved with the grunge either. Okay? You don't get involved with the fads and the fashions of this world. It's going to change every day. Every day. And the devil will keep you that's probably where they got the word hip-hop from. They'll just keep you hipping and hopping. You'll never, get, you'll never get settled. You'll never get rooted. You'll never get grounded. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. And you become what the Bible said, convinced of this truth, fully persuaded that I'm not going to let anything get in my way here. I'm going to move it out. Whatever i got to move, Lord, whatever I've got to get out of the way, I'm going to do it by the grace of God. And you don't want this to just be a little fly-by-night. Oh, I went down there. Yeah, I got baptized. Yeah, yeah, I went to a service or two. And then you're, you're back to the same old world, same old lifestyle, same old bad spirits, and missing what God is providing. That's not the way to do it. You get in the church. You get here. We will baptize you. You will get the gift of the Holy Ghost. And God will begin to clean out the field of your heart. And get all that junk out of there. And as you begin to realize that, oh, I shouldn't talk like that. Oh, I shouldn't go those places. Oh, I don't need to be looking at that. Okay? You get sensitive to the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord that he put in your heart. And you start thinking about, I want to raise a champion child. I want to raise somebody to do something for God. I want to be an example of that. And everybody said amen. You can't just say it's good for the kid. Ah, no. No, no, no. What God has is good for all of us. It's good for all of us. All right? Everybody said amen. Yeah. Give God a big hand. Come on. Right. Thank you, Let's begin to gather in as she plays and sings, and we worship the Lord. Come on now. Come on now. We're living in a great time living in a time to shine for Jesus Christ.
Let your light so shine before men. We want our Heavenly Father to be glorified. Come on now. Yeah. Wholehearted. My whole heart, Lord. 